Welcome to the Queer Body Podcast, where we are redefining the edges of identity and healing with your host, Dr. Laura Polak, a somatic healer and chiropractor. Let's join the podcast. Welcome to the Queer Body. So happy to have everybody here. Just a reminder that we have launched our new website at thequeerbody.com. Make sure you put the the in there, T-H-E-Q-U-E-E-R-B-O-D-Y.com. We will be offering classes starting in the spring. Hopefully some of the wonderful people you've been listening to on the podcast will be teaching some of those classes. You are also welcome to join our community. We have three months of free membership for people who are interested. Just sign in and we'll give you that coupon. This afternoon, I am delighted to have a colleague and friend, Trinity, speaking to us, and I will have them introduce yourself. Welcome, Trinity. Thank you, Laura. Uh, My name is Trinity, and I am joining you all on Miwok land, Southern Pomo and Grayton Ranchuia in Santa Rosa, California, and just a little bit about myself. I currently work at Green Acre Homes in Sebastopol as a client service manager. And I've been with this agency for about 25 years. I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher. You know, I just show up and just do life, right? Mm-hmm. Best way that I know how to. And yeah, trust that everybody else is doing their very best. Uh, which I love allows, that. Yeah, which allows me to really work towards not taking life personally you know it doesn't always work but (laughs) you're human i I hear that really do my best you know to just trust that everybody's do you know showing up and and doing their best and i'm I'm really showing up and doing my best at any given moment Mm. and so that that's where i i am currently is just showing up and doing my best Thank you. And just for our audience, I will say, you know, Trinity and I have been meeting in all these wonderful classes. I have had the joy of taking Kundalini with Trinity, as well as doing some West African dance here in Santa Rosa together. And then the queer part, which we always start our show with is, you know, we're just getting to know each other that way. We were noticing each other from different communities. And so how would you define queer? What does being queer mean to you? You know, Laura, I've been thinking about this, and how do I define queer? So, what came to me today, right? Because it's it's different, not depending upon the day for me. I don't, I haven't just landed in this like this is what queer this means to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I I take it to a spiritual place for me, right? You know, and in in Kundalini Yoga, we talk about the the masculine and the feminine, and I've always always feel like I've shown up very androgynous, you know, so mm-hmm. walking with my feminine and my masculine side, sometimes running more masculine and other times running, you know, a little bit more feminine. And so I see queerness for myself as being very fluid. So I, I don't I just land in, right. I'm just masculine and, or I'm just, you know, showing up feminine within, within the queer expression. I flow in between both. And so queerness to me is really about being fluid and appreciating the masculine and the feminine within myself. And, you know, I haven't always, I haven't always appreciated definitely the feminine side of myself. 
Mm-hmm. I could keep going. You know, you ask me a question and I could just keep going on. Yeah, well, I, I'm happy to jump in there with you. And that mm-hmm. is that, you know, there's a couple things. I know you kind of more through a spiritual realm, but in the queer realm, when we're talking about masculinity and femininity, I don't know that people often think of queer as having anything to do with in this world, we would think gender. And I know because I know you from a spiritual community, you're not really speaking about gender. You're talking about something else. Mm-hmm. Will you I, uh, kind of elaborate on that? So as I was thinking about it today, what I sense is like it's the, you know, the the feminine, not the gender, but the feminine expression of life, of energy, of my beingness, right? And then the masculine. So the feminine is, you know, the the womb, the, uh, you know, the going within, the contraction, the contracting aspect of energy. And then the masculine is the, you know, is the, is the out there and, and doing things. And so it's not, I don't really see it. I don't feel into it as, as, as much as gender as I do just energy. Mm -hmm. And And what on earth does that have to do with like, you know, like if I go into Target and I see a queer shirt with rainbow flags and crap like that, Mm -hmm. I mean, how is what you're talking about related to that? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. (laughs) How is it related to to queerness? No, because I don't I don't really think about I don't tend to lean into the gender, you know, or the. I think most people think of queerness as a sexuality thing, but one of the reasons I started the Queer Body Podcast Mm -hmm. is that the younger generations are thinking about queer in relationship to, gosh, Trinity, at one moment I was like, I'm going to start calling myself peculiar. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you talking about is like some sort of being outside of the dominant paradigm. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, when they talk about masculine and femininity, think about the dominant paradigm. And so the queerness of that is like how we have taken that on as our own understanding of the union of those genders within your spirit, within mm-hmm. your being. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a queering of an idea is is what I hear you saying. But mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, I I think that the stepping outside of the the predominant right paradigm is is definitely what i'm doing because i again when i think of feminine and masculine right it doesn't energy it doesn't lean into the physical body the gender right of the body and i i walk with right with both the masculine and the feminine and, and, you know, I, I think for myself, you know, I'm, how old am I? I'll be 54 this year. And it's been a journey, you know, of not so much questioning, but sort of just letting in this place of just being okay, right? Mm-hmm. Just being okay with um, really not wanting to have any labels. I remember when I very first came out. And people were like, well, you're this or you're that or you're, you know, this is when it was literally just you're a lesbian or, you know, or you're a gay man. Then. And I remember just going, huh, I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of boxes me into having to be, you know, when I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm an androgynous spiritual being that happens to be attracted, you know, to women. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I kind of feel like I'm sort of trying to pull this together 
and, you know, figure it out right now. Cause I, you know, I don't, I don't really talk about this a whole lot mm-hmm. or discuss this, you know, a lot. What I know is, is that when I sit in, in my spiritual practices and I hear my teachers talk about the first marriage of the, the masculine and the feminine energies, and that be the first marriage, right? Versus marriage, you know, between a man and a woman, then it something in me says, wow, we really, a species went sort of left, right? Into this, oh, you're a, if you're a man, this is how you show up. And if you're a woman, oh, this is how you have to show up. And this is, this is, you know, and I'm just like, ah, you know, no, I actually have both within me. And I get to choose when I come into this life, if I'm going to, how uh, within the spectrum of both of those, right, the masculine and the feminine, how far do I want to lean into, right, the feminine? Do I want to come in predominantly, right, like feminine, right, that feminine energy giving birth, you know, holding up the house, you know, so on and so forth, and bring in less of the, that's my choice. Mm -hmm. It's entirely up to me of how mm-hmm. I want to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's not It's not really up to society, although society has put many pressures upon us, right? To say, this is how you have to show up. And and I've gotten involved in a, you know, a lot of that and working it off of me. But what I'm, what I'm, as I'm journeying through my, my journey, you know, with different teachers who are saying kind of the same thing, like, wow, you have your masculine and the feminine. And there's that marriage between those two. And that's what you want to bring into balance in order to bring everything else into balance, right? And once you have that relationship between those two within yourself, then, and you're appreciating the masculine and the feminine, then I can go, okay, you know, it's like baking a cake or, you know, learning to, you know, baking, there's the foundation. And then from there, you can learn how to make all these other other things from the foundation, right? And so my foundation is, is that I have a solid relationship within myself between my my two And then when I come in to manifest, right, then I'm going to go, hmm, this time I'm going to have the experience of of being, I'm going to try on being, you know, just way more feminine in this lifetime, you know, way more sensual or this that with some masculinity and I'm going to bring in more testosterone and you know what I mean? It's like my choice. Yeah. Well, and maybe even in each moment. You mm-hmm. bring your masculine part forward or your feminine part, de- depending on what the circumstances request. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'm making sense. You you just pull that out and just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm following you. I got you. <laughs> um, and actually, you segued me beautifully because when you talk about bringing it into your body and then making this manifest reality, then what do you do with that? Because the next part, of course, is to hear about. Well, how are you querying your work in the world? Like, and if 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 I'm understanding you right, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's more about querying of ideas than a sexuality in this context. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, can you tell us a little bit about your work from a querying perspective? You know, my my work. I work in an environment where I encounter youth that are you know, experiencing and and growing up in situations where they may not be received very well. And so my level of comfort within myself 
has allowed me to to speak up and you know work in an environment where I you know was able to support creating a safe environment for these youth and my work you know I I over time you know for a long time I worked in the homes so I I went in dressed in t-shirts and you know and and jeans and tennis shoes and when I began to work in the office I was like well wait a minute huh well how am I going to dress <laughs> well, I ain't gonna dress like that. I, I, nope, I will not be putting on, on nobody's pumps. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. <laughs> and I mean, I can wear some pumps if I want to, and I don't want to, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting for me to to get comfortable and to go out and to pick out a whole wardrobe that's that's very masculine centered. You know, everything that I wear to work is all of my clothes are. So right before we got interrupted, we were talking about how you are clothing your body in a way that either represents the masculine or the feminine in a conventional workplace. And I'd love to hear the end of that. But I also really want to hear about the work you bring to the world through your kundalini practice and as a teacher of kundalini yoga. Okay. So to to close on the how I clothe myself, I'm quite comfortable and my my work uh has created an environment that 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 supports that. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. You know, mm-hmm. I really appreciate Green Acre Homes. And you know, while I've been with Green Acre Homes, I became a Kundalini yoga teacher. My introduction to Kundalini yoga was through a Queen Hollands. She's out of LA, out of Long Beach. And I had gone to an amazing retreat in Jamaica. And we were up at like four o'clock in the morning, you know, every morning and doing this amazing breath work and, you know, postures. And this is my first introduction to like doing yoga, you know, and, and breath work at the same time. And I, I haven't looked back since, you know, my experience there was life changing, life altering um, in, in every way, shape and form. It took me a minute to to eventually land in becoming a teacher. As a matter of fact, it didn't even register that I could even do that. I was just caught in the the, the change in my my connection to to my surroundings, to my body into my breath. I was just mm. encapsulated in that. And when I came back from Jamaica in 2017, I knew that I wanted to do this on a daily basis, um, but I didn't have the discipline to do that, you know? And so I thought about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the first step. <laughs> I know I know, folks can relate to that. I know folks can relate to that, right? <laughs> so I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I really want to get up. Boy, we didn't you make it so much easier when you have, you know, when you're with other people sometimes to do that, you know, to encourage mm-hmm. you to do that. And so it was a process. It was really a process of of going to another retreat and and feeling the difference between how I felt when I did this practice and when I didn't do this practice. And and I went to another retreat in Jamaica with a fear walking tree in Queen Hollands and by the time I left that retreat, right, the difference was is that 
you know, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm going home from vacation and now all is ruined. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, like, like we can't take with us, right. That beingness, right. Like we Mm -hmm. can't take that with us. Like we have to go back into, right. The thing about Kundalini yoga is, is that it's the householder's yoga, which means, and I was literally thinking about this this morning. This is the yoga that I take everywhere. I just don't do it in the studio, right? Like I'm at work and I'm breathing, right? Nobody needs to know what I'm doing. I'm at work and I may move into a posture, right? And do long, deep breathing. Okay, but for real, some of our people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like you're doing tree pose at work. Like for some people, this (laughs) is a brand new. Tree pose at work. I'm just saying I have an office, but no. no, no, no. So, you know, I do long, deep breathing. So that's, you know, where I'm, I'm uh, inhaling and breathing all the way into my abdomen. You know, I'm not lifting my shoulders, but just really breathing, breathing all the way into the abdomen. Sometimes I'll put my hands on my, you know, on my abdomen so that I can feel that the abdomen is expanding and I can see that my hands, let's see if I can, so that I can see that my hands are expanding as, right, so that you can have that visual. And I'll do that sometimes or and or breath of fire. You know, breath of fire where I'm, I, I need more energy. So I'm going to, you know, breath of fire is where I'm pumping the belly, pumping the the, the, the navel point, right? Not everybody can see you. So can you break it down with words? I sure can. So if you, so everybody I'm sure has, has seen a dog, right? Pant. So what you want to do is you want to stick your tongue out and then pant like a dog slowly. If you are pregnant and or menstruating, I would encourage you to stay away from the breath of fire. Why is that? Because you you don't want to put more pressure on the abdomen and right and pushing out. I remember when I was menstruating and if if I was to do that, right, like more, you know, more would come out more. Mm -hmm. Right. So you don't want to put more pressure. And also you don't want to put pressure on the baby. You want to keep it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm panting like a dog just to bring you back to where we were. I'm like <laughs> panting like a dog, right? So that's even breath on both sides, right? Breath going out and breath coming back in, even on both sides. And then all you do is you close your mouth and you do that through your nose. And you can place your hand on the belly so that you can feel the navel, right? And the abdomen pumping. Mm-hmm. And when, when first doing this, it's a good idea to go slow. And not to go really fast. If you start to feel lightheaded or like you're going to faint, then move into long, deep breathing. And long, deep breathing, it's a good idea to to do maybe like a count of four. So on the inhale, you're counting four. You're right. One, two, three, four. And all the breath is through the through the nose. And then on the exhale, you're counting four. One, two, three. Four and on an inhale, count four. One, two, three, four. And then on the exhale, four. One, two, three, four. So why do I want to do the breath of fire or the four-four breathing? When do I do what? Breath of fire is is to you know for more energy. Let's say that you're at work, or I'm at work, and I'm like, man. Wow, I'm just I don't have any energy. I'm just like I'm dragging. And the breath of fire is is a breath that you can activate and bring in. Also, upon waking up, you know, it's a good 
energizer, you know, to bring more uh, life force energy into the body and into the mind. The long, deep breathing is one that will calm, right? Bring calm. So it's uh, both of these work on the the parasympathetic and the the sympathetic nervous system, right? Bringing the body and the mind and heart out of a fight, flight, and freeze mode. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me if I just do these couple breathing things at work, I'm doing yoga? Exactly. That's super cool. That's a real different approach. Pranayama. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. I did I did a the beginning of last year. And I was like, ooh, I think I'm gonna do a uh, breath exercise. And it was simply breath of fire and long deep breathing for I think we did it for like 30, 30 days. And then everybody was enjoying it so much that I tacked on a few extra days. And I would just get up every morning and post a video and people would, you know, follow along and what individuals had to share about their own personal experience was that there's there's more space right between the emotions and the emotional body and the reactivity right to what's happening outside of oneself and or what's happening within oneself i'll speak for myself my personal experience has been that i personally have more space between what i think is happening and what's actually happening right? Whether or not I'm going to say something, do I need to say something? And if I am going to say something, how am I going to say this, right? As well as my intuition, I'm more in tuned and trusting my personal intuition, right? It's like we have a, you know, like when you get in your car and you're like, you put in into the GPS, here's an address, you're going to go from point A to point B, right? You know, and I, I, that's my my internal, my intuition is my internal GPS, you know? And so when my internal GPS is like, don't go that way. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going that way. <laughs> and the internal GPS is like, proceed to the root. Proceed to the root. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, but I know where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then I go and I'm like, oh man, I to the root because I just created a whole mess over here, right? And it's just it's over time, right? Like the more engaged with the breath that I become, the more I go, oh, oh, I, I, you don't even have to tell me to proceed to the root. I'm not even going down that route, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was oh, really beautifully said. <laughs> I can so get all of that right? for sure. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And or, you know, through my dreams, like, you know, if, if if I when I'm heading into work, even before I get into work, my intuition will go, huh, right. Already there's an incident at work that's happening. Right. Right. Either between me and a coworker, like I got stuff going on. They got stuff going on and we are going to bump heads. Right. And through the breath, rather than getting flooded by the, those those feelings. Right. Because everything is energy rather than getting flooded and blindsided, not even knowing that I'm getting flooded and blindsided. What happens is, is that when I'm tuning into my breath on a regular basis, I can go, oh, what is that? Oh, something's trying to get my attention. Something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then, right, a coworker or somebody will come through the door and I'll be like, and then I'll feel their energy. And I'm like, oh, 
Now I don't need to be like, oh, you need to go sage or something because something, something's going on over there. <laughs> don't do that, right? What I can do, right, is be like, ah, hmm, okay. Something, so we're getting ready to hook in a way that we don't need to. And being tuned into the breath, right, allows me to not allow my mind and my body to, to run the show, right? But I, what, one of the things that I've learned, and I love this mantra, and I'm sure you've heard me say this in class before, but the breath leads the mind and the mind leads the body, right? The breath leads the mind and the mind leads the body. And the more that I'm tuned into my breath, the more I have space to make a conscious decision about the directions that I'm headed in and or to step out of the way, you know, to step clearly out of the way of somebody else who's doing whatever it is that they're doing. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. driving is always a good example of that. Ah, that one doesn't usually get to me, but that's because I'm always listening to something anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let me ask you a couple other questions in this world. When you bring up mantra, I go, okay, one of the things I've always loved about Kundalini mm-hmm. is that I can go much farther and go deeper into myself mm-hmm. when I'm chanting. Mm-hmm. What's up with the chance for people who, like, you know, really, for a lot of people, yoga is a thing. They don't know there's many, many different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is Kundalini a chanting yoga? And then the other one I get from every person I ever talk to about it is, isn't it supposed to be about sex? Those are the two things people think of with Kundalini. So Kundalini, my understanding of Kundalini, right, is it's that it's the energy, right, that starts at the base of the spine, and goes up, right? So that's the it's uh, the way that I see it is, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a life force energy that's at the base of the spine and then goes up, you know, up the back, up the spine, and so it's not. I think that that's uh, it involves sex. It's, as far as Kundalini is concerned, is I I don't I don't think so. I mean, I yeah. I'm not. I think I'm not, maybe it's the raising of that serpentine energy mm-hmm. that sometimes people have not experienced in other places except mm-hmm. for in the bedroom. So that when they feel it in a spiritual practice, if they have any type of energetic spiritual sex, mm-hmm. that when they feel it in the classroom, it's alarming to them because they're that's their only reference point. Is is my thinking about it? But I don't know. You're the you're the teacher. I am yeah. the student. I yeah. I I'm not. Yeah, we all come to you know to class with our own perspective and our own bag of stuff to clear. And so in in some cultures, right, that energy, right? I know that in the the movement of the pelvic area and that region, right, where it's always, you know, moving and and right, it's it's very natural. It, it doesn't necessarily have to do with physical sex, right? Mm-hmm. As much as it has to do with the creative energy, right? The creative, mm-hmm. expansive energy. And I think we have, again, gone down a, a certain road where it's like, oh, it's about, you know, it's about sex. And it's, that's, that's probably a piece of it, but it's, it's, it's not the foundation, you know, it's, it's more the, the creative to me, right? Yeah. Uh, more. No, I so appreciate that. I often say with people who are not involved in sexual relationships that creative energy is really important now. Mm -hmm. And so the creative energy that's flowing in a Kundalini class could also be a part of that Mm -hmm. or painting or dancing or many other creative process 
we we get uh, again uh, this cultural matrix locks us into one way of creation mm-hmm. particularly in the masculine feminine that it's got to be this way to create a baby which is really broken mm-hmm. right right and so it, and so I, to me, right, coming into a Kundalini class or any type of class, that's going to move that energy. Though when that stuff comes up, it's about going deeper into the breath, right? So that there's more space to see what really is, you know, what's really happening there. What, what is really trying to, meant to happen there? You know, a lot of people have, have been exposed to sex in ways that, that it isn't um, healthy, you know? And mm-hmm. so I can see how it would be important as a teacher to hold, right, to hold very clear space uh, for individuals who are trying to figure those things out, you know? Yeah, I hear that. And, I, you know, it's just the thing. I think they sell it at, you know, the bookstores and whatnot. Kundalini, la, la, la. But then the other piece is the mantra piece. Mm-hmm. So why, why does Kundalini Yoga use mantra? Um, mantra is a way of, of changing the, the mind, you know, changing the, the, the patterns of, of thinking. And we, we have mantras, right? We all have mantras that we, we say and we think over and over and over again, you know, and coming into Kundalini Yoga and learning, you know, like Sat Nam is one that we use and Sat is truth and Nam is identity, right? So the truth is my identity. And so a lot of times when we're doing a posture or an asana, right, we'll sit in like for sat kriya, right? We'll do sat nam, 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 sat nam. And it's a way, my experience of it has been that it's a way for my mind as I'm working with the breath, then my mind is being invited, right, to have a a, a new wave pattern, you know, way of thinking to to come in to loosen. It's like kundalini yoga is like Drano, right? You know, it loosens the clogs, you know, the, the calcification of 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 mental stuckness or mental I would say for myself, the the level of of trauma that I have released just by breathing and doing kundalini yoga in since 2019 is phenomenal. Mm. It truly is phenomenal that over time, right, knowing that the breath or feeling it in my body, right? Like the breath leads the mind and the mind leads the body, right? And I go, oh, okay. So when something's going on and I really want to go over there and eat that cookie, then I'm allowing my body to lead. Mm. I'm allowing the mind to lead, right? I mean, I'm not allowing the breath to lead. So I kind of went off on a little tangent, didn't I? No, that's all right. I'm following you and I'm going to pull it back together. And again, you redirect me. (laughs) I'm just kind of the corraler. (laughs) So we have kind of three things we're working with. The breath. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the mantra. Mm -hmm. And you led us in a couple of breath exercises. You just led us in satnam, satnam. And what if we're just listening to audio, which the podcast is, mm-hmm. will you marry those two together for us, the breath and the mantra for satnam, the one you just did? Or if you'd like to lead us in another one, I would love to hear that as well. Hmm. So the satnam, so you would bring your hands, bring your hands together, 
And then you're going to fold down the pinky, the ring, and the middle finger. And then you're going to have your pointing finger pointing straight up. And then if you are running feminine energy, then you're going to have your left thumb on top of your right. And then if you're running masculine, then vice versa, right? You have the right thumb on your top. You're going to bring the arms up, straight up. As though your pointing fingers are pointing straight up to the sun. The eyes are closed down. And we would inhale and exhale. And then on the next inhale, we would go sat nam. Right. And when we say sat, we're pulling in the navel as though we're pulling the navel back towards the back. Right. Sat. Nam, sat, 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 nam. The arms, if you can get those arms to squeeze as though you're going to, your arms are going to squeeze your ears, that's good. If not, just do your best. The thing about Kundalini Yoga, is that it's a self-initiation. So we just show up right where we are. No competition. And here we're gonna inhale deeply and then exhale and just sweep the arms down. Shake the shoulders out. If you need to shake the shoulders out and place the palms in your lap and inhale here. And exhale. And there you have it, Satkriya. Now, Satkriya can be done three minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, 31 minutes, actually, you know. And you can actually also uh, go online and look up uh, Satkriya. And it's S-A-T and then Kriya. Come on, K-R-I-Y-A. Yes. <laughs> you did it. Yes. <laughs> and just a reminder to folks who are listening, we we are YouTubing this. Editing may not be such a form, but you know, she's showing us this as we're talking as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And already a state change, which is why I didn't do it with you. So that I could stay grounded because no, I go, woo. I can, I can feel it. See it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Anything else you want to share that we didn't get to that you feel needs to be spoken? You know, I I don't. I'm all, I always I'm always like I don't think so. But la 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 la. <laughs> no, I I appreciate being asked. So come on, queer body, and to share. I've enjoyed myself, and yeah, I look forward to. I, I'm hoping that. That anybody who felt called an inner call to check out Kundalini Yoga do. You know, my experience of uh, becoming a teacher was such that I had come back from the retreat and I was at a, a drum event and I was shown the flyer for my my current teacher that that assisted me in getting my my certificate. And when the flyer was shown to me, 
you know, it, it, it literally was like, you're doing this. And I haven't had that experience in my life, but I knew that whatever needed to be cleared and, and moved would be cleared and moved so that I could become a Kundalini yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Universal. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I will do my little infomercial, which is that Trinity does teach classes here locally when I twist her arm. (laughs) (laughs) If they wanted to take a class with you, you're teaching classes online, right? You know, I am currently not teaching classes. Ah, okay. Um, Yes, I'm currently not teaching classes. I'm in the process of, so I'm also uh, affiliated with an organization called Solidarity Farms. We are located in Jamaica, and I'll be meeting with one of my teammates this Friday to look at putting out breath exercises, right? So a series so that, you know, we we get up every day, we do long, deep breathing and or breath of fire for 30 days or for 40 days. And so that, if people are interested, they can look us up on uh, Instagram, Solidarity Farms Jaw. Awesome. And then we'll put you in the resources page on thequeerbody.com so that whatever they'd like to reach you at. Is there any other things that they can reach you at? There's my email address, so which is spirit at infinite ways of being. Dot com. Dot com. Thank you. Dot com. <laughs> and yeah. that will be also my website name when I uh, get that up and going. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate your point of view and your sharing with our community. Many blessings. You are welcome. And thank you for asking. You've been listening to the Queer Body Podcast, where we are redefining the edges of queer identity and healing. For more information about Dr. Laura Polak or our podcast, check out our website, Community Holistic Health. Thank you for listening.